Hello? Hey, buddy. My name is John Merchada, and this is the Gunpowder Pop Show, also known as the Kai Fox Podcast. And I am greeted by Bentley Meadows. Hi, buddy. Ha! <laughs> uh, I can tell you right now, I am going to need you to keep me on track. Uh, so, obviously, we're doing this a little later. And the story behind that is, well, I was uh, swamped at work, finally got done with some stuff, and then uh, right, I was going to, yeah, about an hour and 20 minutes ago, I was going to reach out to you. And um, my wife was a little stressed out, so I needed to talk with her. Not like about me or nothing, but just, you know, stuff. And uh, <laughs> she was needing to go to sleep because it's pretty late. And... Uh, I was like, you want something to help you get to sleep? She was like, okay. <laughs> I am, um, well, late night nuggets for certain right now. Well, on the same kind of note, I did tell my honey, don't be coming in here. I'm going to be doing a podcast, wanting sex, so that ain't <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> you old dog. Not that kind of podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. So, um, how are you doing as a terrorist, extremist, MAGA Force member? Well, I'm not a MAGA Force member, but, but I think just by, you know, birds of a feather, um, yeah. I think that's what that what was all about. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be whether I say so or not. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You are, um, I mean, because if you're not that, then you're a racist, white supremacist Nazi. And now I'm pretty certain that they think we're both. Well, I know one thing. No matter what they call me, I am their worst nightmare if they're standing in front of me. There you go. They can't handle Bentley Craig, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm like, come over here and say that. Come right here. Well, I mean, they're not this the, the most um, intimidating people. I mean, once you start to get a crowd of them, then uh, they their their shrieking tends to um, become a little overwhelming, I'd say. But uh, I get what you're saying. Did uh, <clears throat> did you watch the speech or see any highlights of the speech? I watched some of it. <clears throat> I sent you a clip of what I thought it sounded like to me. Oh it's, yeah, it sounded like Pink from Pink Floyd the movie. Yeah. Are there any queers in the audience tonight? <laughs> Get him up against the wall. <laughs> there's one there. He don't look right. Get him up against the wall. And there's one smoking a joint. And there's one with spots. <coughs> I'm like, uh, oh my god. They had some pretty good memes. I should have got some more water. They got. They had some pretty good memes. Um, there's one. Did you ever watch The Office? 
No. There's so I'll explain it. There's a um a moment it's where when is it? Halfway through the um whole series where uh Michael, the main boss, has to give a speech and Dwight like <laughs> tries to give him pointers as to how to give a a powerful speech and <laughs> he talks about like pounding the podium and holding your hands up and pointing and, you know, basically looking like Hitler. <laughs> and then he ends up giving the speech and they had a meme of Dwight Schrute, uh, like right next to Biden. And <laughs> it's when he's throwing his hands up, both of them, he looks like, like Biden looks like Beavis when he cornholio. Um, it was pretty, pretty fitting. And I mean, there's been a couple of memes like that too. It just it seemed like, uh, oh shit! It, there's one meme that's going around um, where it kind of does that, but it's this guy that looks like he's a cult leader, and a lot of people don't know what it's from. I can guarantee you, they don't know what it's from. It's from uh, I almost said Magnum PI. Fuck, what was his name that was in it? Um, Tom, not Tom. Is it Tom? Tom he was one of the Selleck. Ghostbusters. No, no, no. He was one of the Ghostbusters. The... Well, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was in it, okay. and then, oh shit, what's his name? Not Chevy Chase. Son of a bitch. This is Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Dan. What was that movie? Him and Tom Hanks were in. They played detectives. Oh shit! I gotta look it up. Uh, what like I Car Fifty Four or something was it or yeah, Dragnet? Dragnet, that's what it was. Well done. That meme of the um, the evil cult leader is from that movie. When they get when they uh, go to the major party or whatever, a cult party at the end, and uh, get thrown in the the volcano or whatever the hell it was, and there's all there's the snake. <laughs> I wonder if that's why I hate snakes. As I watched that movie as a kid. Uh, there's a snake, and they fucking fed it all the drugs that they were doing. Oh, shit, man. I got to watch that movie again. Oh, that's the movie that they, they called, tra- I think they called Trannies Trannies. That's where I first heard the word, was that movie. I've known about Trannies since, oh, man, back in the 80s. Well... Seemingly, I've only known about them since fucking Dragnet. <laughs> well, as it turned out, I lived in a neighborhood who had a little bit of everything. And we had some trannies. And the neighborhood I lived in was pretty tough, man. You you couldn't be gay. You couldn't be a tranny. You couldn't be a lot of things in that neighborhood without getting your ass kicked. <clears throat> And some of these trannies hung out for a while. And I remember as a kid asking my dad, I was like, well, that dude's a tranny. Uh, how's he still here? You know, if we do not accept them here in this neighborhood. And my dad said he he earned that right to stay there. He's a tough tranny. Yeah. man. He whipped some ass, he took some ass kickings, and, you know, they're like, all right, dude, 
you're here and you know what that was our tranny too you know what i'm saying nobody else could come in there and mess with that guy i don't think i'd ever want to uh fight a tranny or a gay guy not that i think i'd lose but for the small possibility that i could lose and what they would do to me if i was like incapacitated (laughs) there was uh joe rogan had uh just made a joke one time on a show about if Brock Lesnar decided to fuck you, to rape you as a man, like, what can you do? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a frightening thought. Oh, well, I would uh, kick his knees out. Well, you try to. <laughs> oh, no, I would. <laughs> big fucking piece of muscle. I've dealt with I'd big old dudes, and uh, none of them want to get their knees kicked out from underneath them, trust me. I would turn into the girliest fighter. <laughs> I'd be pulling hair, eye gouging, scratch. I'd fucking everything I could to make sure that the fucking mean some bitch didn't try to oh, yeah. break and me. He doesn't want to scare me. That don't want to happen. But to quote my favorite hero, Elvis Presley, when it comes to fighting someone bigger. in one of his songs that's real cool he says you ain't big you're just tall that's all (laughs) uh yeah well i mean it's not so much in the sense of like fighting them because fighting would be a little different because i'm not uh, there's not the risk level of the other one where it's not about a fight it's about them trying to instill oh, the, something inside of you. Yeah, we'll see, there would be a fight. <laughs> there would probably be like the first yeah, heavy object I could find up against his head. Oh, for sure. You're looking for every stick. I'm not talking a fair fight. No. Some big dude not. like that scares me, it's on him, okay? Whatever happens, that's on him from now on. I'm not really worried about me. When those are the uh, the rules or whatever, um, the risks, there's another word. Uh, no, it's no longer a fair fight. I'm not fighting with my knuckles. If I can find a gun, I'll use it. A machete. A machete. So, uh, this, this... But I get uh, your point, speech. though. Yeah. This speech that happened, um, have you heard of any of the ramifications since... Of uh, a few things because essentially they're ma- they're they they're trying to walk it back. Um, Jean Pierre is how who I'm going to refer to her as Jean Claude Pierre, Jean Claude Van Pierre. Yeah, Jean Claude Van Dam Pierre. My wife actually showed me the uh, a couple of the videos today, but so they tried to walk it back to say that it was um, Biden was talking about just the people that held office did you get that feeling from anything uh, that you no and you know what no matter what they say that speech he made it went down into the history books it is not yeah. getting walked back yeah no I, I agree you know when I had if I can interrupt sure I was considering him like not much different than Stalin or uh, Mao Zedong or oh. Kim Jong-il or Ung 
or Stalin. I was wondering, like, when those assholes got up in front of their people and started running their mouth like they were, if somebody would have just 86'd them right then, if Stalin, if somebody would have stood up and threw an axe at his head, like, dude, what are you talking about? How better the world would be. But none of that has ever happened through history. Those buttholes have been allowed to stand up in front of us and say that crap. And Biden was saying a bunch of crap, and he was poking the bear. He was poking. If someone like that was talking to me in front of me in a bar or out on the street, I would eventually be like, hold on a second, dude. Are you trying to pick a fight with me? Because we can just yeah, okay. do that. You don't have to sit here and wait for me to punch you. You just tell me you want to fight and we get going. So there's a, a theory that's going out around. I think I talked about it a little bit. Um, I've heard it mostly on uh, from Alex Jones on Infowars. Um, where the theory is is that they are trying to get... Uh, it's going to be one of two things. They're either trying to get an organic result from Trump supporters to go out and do something like what BLM did, right? And, and riot. Um, and, the, and you're right. there, And it really does seem like it's getting that way. That you have Biden out here with this speech where he's absolutely talking to or about the um, half of the country, the he's, voters. He's baiting you and me right. and anybody and that is you. not, you know, sucking his tit and sitting at the foot of his cross. He's baiting everyone else. Yeah. Yes. And it's not just that. It's uh, the Mar-a-Lago raid. It's the attempting to... Um, prevent Trump from getting on the ticket. Um, there's rumors of uh, them trying to press charges against him. Um, the White House, by the way, absolutely lied um, about not knowing about the raid. And in fact, as it turns out, they are seemingly the instigator of said raid. Let's see, did I say so this is all to This is all to like you said, bait people into doing, hopefully for them, to them, it's hopefully, um, that there will be an, an organic, um, violent response from yeah. us so that I, they can use it. I'm a king of baiting. Like, I can honestly tell you, I've never really hit anybody. Just straight up walk up and hit them. I mean, there's a few when it comes to, like, my sister, we'll call, like, where my duty was involved. But outside, like if I'm at work, I've never just punched someone in the face. But sure. what I did do was bait them to punch me. Right. Instigate them into, um, not just instigate them, but especially when somebody's pissed you off bad enough. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm like, I'll be yeah. cool, but I will bait them into punching me. So I can punch them. I mean, I want to punch them. And where right. I came from, it's totally legal to punch them. 
but out in the real world, I can't punch people unless they put their hands on me. Right, because you're you're worried about the legal ramifications. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And so, and I'm prepared for whenever they're going to punch me. I mean, I know they're going to punch me. They don't even know it yet, and I'm setting myself <laughs> up for this punch that they don't even know they're throwing. Or they might even try to choke me. I don't know. But I'm going to get them in a situation. And and that's what he's doing, yeah. From, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. But that's a trick that you learn from, like, kids from, I don't know if it's the generation after after mine, but certainly I remember that out on the the schoolyard, you know. That trick that you can learn to just press somebody's buttons to right where, you know, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll throw on you first so that you don't get in trouble. You were just defending yourself, you know, but in the, at the same time you were like, Oh, fuck, no, man, you, I, I was the cause. Oh yeah. 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 Hey, but I also, um, I sent you, I don't know if you can see it, but I sent, that you sent me the, uh, the, it's a long old paragraph. Yeah. Yep. It's a, yeah. uh, I was I was wanting to read it, but I thought you'd be a better reader than me. I appreciate me. that. <laughs> to be honest with you, you know, you are an author and a writer, so you'll probably put that together uh-huh. better than me. And now this is from a Chris Christopherson song. And it's from... Yeah, it, it, it sounded like there's a rhyme scheme to it. Yeah, and it, it goes on, but I was only, I posted it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, you thing that I can't see? <laughs> oh no! You know what? I think you, uh, I think it all is all on there. Yeah, but uh, I only could I, only post half of that on Twitter. So I went around and I was trolling some people, and I posted the. This is a song. Yeah, it's a song. It's called "Don't Don't Let the Bastards Get You Down." It came out in the mid '90s, and but it is so relevant, I think, today, especially right, today. Cool. I'll try it, all right? But remember what I said when I first started this episode. I'm high as a kite. Killing babies, the name of freedom. We've been down that sorry road before. They let us hang around a little longer than they should have. It's too late to fool us anymore. We're seeing the ones who killed the ones with vision, cold-blooded murder right before our eyes. Today they hold the power and the money and the guns. It's getting harder to listen to their lies. And I gotta wonder what my daddy would have done if he'd seen the way they'd turn this dream around. I gotta go by what he told me. Try to tell the truth and stand your ground. Don't let the bastards get you down. Yeah. That is, uh, as you said, very relevant to what's going on today. Today they hold the power and the money and the guns. Exactly. See, people, while you don't give up your your guns, people in other countries, get them back. You know, I don't I think I don't think we can take back the presidency, but what we can take back, you know, is like a real live president. But we can take back our hometown. All of us need to get right back down into our hometown. Our scoreboards in our towns need help. I think we can get back to presidency, and I mean, I think it's a it's a uh, it's a conjoined effort of what you just said, 
and being local, but also voting in Congress and, and Senate. Um, I think that's where it starts. Um, this upcoming midterm is going to be huge, huge, you know. Um, I mean, there's a lot of hope in a lot of different things that you need. It's not just getting Republicans in, you know. I mean, I've talked before about how uh, there's there's some bad re- Republicans in there, too. So yeah. you got to There are other that. people out there, Green Party, not, sure. you know, not Libertarian. Libertarian. Yeah, I mean, I'm not familiar with most of them. I think an easier way to get in, get the third parties in there, would be to get the Republicans in first, uh, the good ones, um, and then you can start to bring in the Libertarians. If I'm, I'm trying to look at it as realistically as possible, because you know the Libertarians are becoming more of a party, I think. I just don't think that they're there, and I, I even t- I even heard um, somebody talking to Dave Smith the other day about him running and saying to him, "You know, you're not going to win, but you're still trying." And that's I think that's a realistic way of looking at it. You know, I don't want to admit that. I want I want the idea that a libertarian can become president, but looking at it realistically, is you got to build it. You know, the the Democrats have been around for a long, long time. Republicans almost almost as long. I think the Democrats are an older party. Well, um, I would like to see that that BS lie that we were all told in kindergarten and first grade: you can grow up and be president. Yeah. Now that right there, those people in kindergartens, they could. You know, if we could find a way to let those kids grow up we've had the same family bushes clinton you know even obama's a a, uh clinton and a bush all these people are related we don't need we're done like you know to be honest trump does not impress me i mean i enjoy some of the things he says but as far as like a president he didn't do much for me to be honest with you, he shut America down. He invented a a vaccine. Now, the only thing about him is he didn't tell everybody to go take it and wasn't going to be forced on him, but he does tell people to go take it. Yeah. Yep. That is a, an absolutely... He, he was an epic failure for that whole summer of hate when he could have put a stop to it. People were like, well, somebody had to ask him. No, they don't, man. He's got an executive order. They, ex- oh, oh, Biden has been an executive, executive order, order yes, all yes, the time. Order. You know, and so what if people are mad at him? whoop he do You know, if he's wanting to do the right thing, well, do the right thing. But he didn't do the right thing. I know it upsets some Trump people, but I'm like, he's not an answer. He might be a better answer than oh, Biden. But O'Biden is a bag of rice. You know, when my papa had dementia, you know, every now and then he was just a hateful old man. And then it was gone. And he was something else. Yeah, those are all very accurate um, criticism. You know, in part, well, 
you know, I think he was a pushover um, in ways in order to get to that second term. I mean, and, and I think it would tell a lot to see how he would operate in the second term. And and that, I think that's a bigger part of why I want to see him in there. Well, the first term, he had nothing but Obama and Clinton people as his aides. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And some Bush people in there. Yeah. Um, he had know, the I'd swamp see, right there surrounding him. Yeah. And I'd want to see what that would look like. And, and I think it would be the... I think that what's the word I'm looking for? That would be the the ultimate revealing of who, what he was as a president. You know, if he were to come in again for a second term, which is really looking like he's going to run, um, and how he like if he would get different people in there, if he would be more bullish if he wouldn't be such a pushover, if he would in a situation where he needs to use the National Guard, that he would use it because, you know, he's already been treated that way before. Um, and this time through, he's not worried about getting reelected. You know, I think a, I think that's like a fighter. You know, there's a lot to be said about a fighter that goes into a fight that has nothing to lose. You know, it, that's what makes, like, I haven't, I'm releasing the first part of this episode with this episode, I made it earlier today where I talked about um, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz has a, his last fight on his, on his uh, contract with the UFC is this upcoming weekend. And he really doesn't have a lot to lose other than his pride. Um, You know, he's kind of, this is a lot of people are thinking he might be going out from the UFC. Um, Why would they get rid of him? Uh, I don't know if it's because he's a problem child, but he's, he's, you know, he's been there for a long time. Um, and he's not happy with, uh, a lot of the aspects of the UFC. Um, so, and you know, there's the UFC isn't just made up of Dana White. In fact, it's a whole new owner now that used to be the Fertitta brothers. But anyway, anywho, um, he's going into that with that mindset. Everybody thinks he's going to lose. He has nothing to win, you know, not necessarily. I mean, yeah, maybe a title shot if he beats him, but you know, he'll be back in the title contention. But at the same time, he's even talked his last interview about, um, he doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about the championship. That's not on his, he just wants to fight the best fighters and, and show everybody that he's his own champion. So, you know, it's got, a lot, and if he has to go somewhere else to, to do that, then he'll go somewhere else to do. It. I mean, it's how what his brother did. His brother had great success. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of the same way with, like I said, with Trump is that you know, to go in that second term, knowing that this is it, you don't have to worry about campaigning the last year of your your term, man, and you're not worried about anything else. You've already been impeached. You know, you just keep doing the same stuff, only this time you do it without being a pushover. You do it without worrying about, you know, reaching over the aisle. I'd want to see that. I think there'd be something a bit different, or at least I hope there would. And I want to see what, I want to see if that's the case. You know, it's like, it's like watching a movie and stopping it three quarters of the way through and then never watching it again. 
you know, and you want to see, you, you wish you could have saw how it ended. I want to see how that ends. And, see if I'm right. You know, say what I will, I still wish Trump would have been, you know, the one who won. But, it, you know, they would have been harassing him about everything. They would have been more um, Bernie. Cheating. You think that if he wins that they, they won't start burning crap down again? Yeah, but I think this time, like I said, I, I think he'd be a little bit quicker on the draw. Because he was, he was getting pretty close in some areas about bringing in the uh, um, National Guard. But if you remember, so much had to do with what what is what is his actions going to be because we're heading towards an election. You know? So. Right. Well, we can see what their actions are. Yeah. So we know. We know their game plan. You know? Um, he knows their game plan. But. I mean, I'm I'm also speaking from a position that uh, I'm not having meals with him. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And like I said, man, your your critiques are you're not alone. You know, I'm right there with you with a lot of them too. I've talked about them. You know, he has let people down. The vaccine thing, huge. He should not have been on board with that. I mean, I get it in the beginning, but you know, once your base, he, I mean, he doesn't have as strong a. a um, a finger on the pulse of, of what's going on in his own base. Well, and then before he left, they weren't wanting to take that vaccine. Yeah, I know. They were like, "Oh no!" I said it too. I said, "You know, I don't I, even Trump. I'm not. I don't want to take his vaccine. I want to see what happens. I'm going to let other people do it. You know, the ones that are that frightened. See what happens. You know." <laughs> If people have fallen over dead, I might have jumped a little bit. I, I would have jumped towards that vaccine more than likely. You know? I'd oh, have been yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. If people were just falling over dead because of COVID or their fucking insights were coming out, like with uh, Ebola. Okay. Hey, you, you know, I'll try it. Fucking. <laughs> I'll try it because people are fucking falling over dead. People yeah, my age. I'll take two. They're fucking. They're shitting their intestines out. It's gross. <laughs> I'll take two. I got two arms. That's what just somebody just said that today on MSNBC or some shit. We well, got two arms. Get two boosters. Holy shit, dude! You fucking drug pusher. Um, but like I said, if there would have been evidence, and I don't think I'm the only one. I think there's a lot of people because that causes a panic. You, that's when you really like go, oh shit. What do you guys know? <laughs> what do you guys got for me? Yeah. Experimental? Okay, let's have at it. Yeah, hook okay. me up. You know, when I was in the military, mm -hmm. I took, I don't know what. Oh, yeah? But yeah, you guys are the guinea pigs. You guys are their guinea pigs. And there was no, and I was a big no guy. If, <laughs> if I had an opportunity without getting my head bashed in and thrown in jail for literally not taking a shot, I would have done it. Because I was a big no guy. And there was no no to that. Yeah. Um, but luckily, now there is. Yeah, now there is. And there's some, um, there's some pushback that's going on, too. I mean, that's the stuff that I'm kind of getting a little bit happier about, a little bit more hopeful of, um, is that there, there are cases that are moving forward, uh, especially, like, within the military. I think it's... I think it's the Navy right now, or maybe it's the military as a whole. And I just remember seeing Navy, but 
there's some people who are who are able to go forward in their suits um, against whoever. I don't know if it's you know somebody from Big Pharma or the, the government as a whole or the Navy itself um, for violating their religious exemption or something to that effect. I know that there's there's something going on there. Um, Trump just got a lawyer that sided with him to have a uh, special what is it a special magistrate or some shit for uh, his master. Uh, Master, what was it? What was the last part? Master something? It's a master that looks over what was uh, taken from his house. Yeah. But it is, they call him the master. And I'm like, okay, if that don't sound creepy. <laughs> okay. Um, like, no, I'm not calling you master. I Well, you heard the new news about that, or some of the leaked details, is that they... They uh, went through, um, shit. What's his son's name? His uh, Baron. Youngest, Baron Trump's um, room and clothes and shit. Which, outs like if this other thing wouldn't have been a thing, then it's like, all right, I guess they're doing a raid. I don't like it. I'm not in support of it, but it's like if they're going to do something like that, a raid, then you would assume that they're going to look through everybody's shit. Um. But the massive contradiction here is they didn't do shit about Hunter Biden's laptop, but they're going to search through the youngest son. How old is he? 16, 15, 16? The youngest son, teenager of Donald Trump. They're going to look through his shit, but they're not going to do a fucking thing about Hunter Biden. Except probably picked up all his masturbated socks. Yeah, they probably fucking helped him out, cleaning it up. You know, probably got rid of some prostitutes in the process. But, you know, young 16 year old, you know, it's it's just, it's such a a fucking joke, such a bad joke, you know, that that's happening, you know. But, so like I said, there's a little bit of hope because you got a lawyer that's, um, you know, siding, I don't want to say siding for Trump, but, you know, not against him at every step of the way. You don't have some blue haired, Psychopath that's talking about you know the LGB alphabet community, so that's a positive, I'd say. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think they have anything on the man. To be honest no. with you, I know, and that's what's so fucking hilarious is that he keeps keeps coming out cleaner and cleaner. You're like, fuck, man, it's just ratings for everybody else. Because yeah. if oh, they yeah. don't got to talk about Trump, they've got nothing. I mean, well, they would have to talk about all, you know, the border, inflation, uh, yeah. food, uh, infrastructure. They, they don't want to focus they'd on They'd have to talk about Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, what happened with that? The water went bad or some shit? Their water infrastructure has an epic fail. It is no longer a water infrastructure there because these people in that Democrat town have been there and just not taking care of their people. They were just crooked politicians and finding other ways to put that money somewhere else instead of taking care of business. And now, oh, Biden is going to pay to get it all done. You know, this is their sewer and all the water pipes and all that stuff. 
So what, they just weren't fil filtering it or filtrating it? No, they weren't, they weren't fixing it? it. They weren't fixing the pipes. So did did something happen like with um, Flint? No, it wasn't like Flint. Flint could still get all that trashy water to the house. But it, you know... Uh, the water isn't even getting to the houses, so they can't even boil it. No, there are no water going to to anybody's houses. They got to go get bottled water and oh, other sure. sources. Everybody. When did this happen? I I just heard some shit about it recently. Uh, a week or so ago, I made a comment about it, and I was like, "Okay, well there you go. Ain't nobody gonna help you because you're a bunch of black people, and all your buddies in D.C. they don't like black people, and especially your liberal buddies." Yeah, and that town mm -hmm. is has had nothing but black people running it for I don't know how long. The mayor, there's, I don't think there's been a white mayor in that town. Um, I was just thinking about that today. For like places like Detroit, Baltimore, Memphis, um, Atlanta, you know, it's like, I mean, I think it's like most politics anywhere, where you have kind of the the people that want the power that get in there. They they uh, they either get turned or they were already turned. They already wanted that power to to begin with, so they get in. You know, they rise above the rest. Uh, they play whatever uh, politic games that they can, and uh, next thing you know, you have the worst in your community that's within positions of power. That are only in it for their own self-interest. Well, and then that's you just the beginning. There are going to be more towns. Sure. That's uh, man. That's rough. I didn't know it was uh, that they didn't have the water getting to them. Yeah, it's fucking rough. Yeah, you're not taking a shower. You're not so, cooking. You're not going to boil any water. I wonder if they're going to blame that on the... Who's the governor for Mississippi? So it's probably a conservative, wouldn't it be? Uh, probably. Well, they... Yeah, um, I'd say Democrat. When that happened in um, Flint, it was a Republican governor. And they bashed him for sure for being, you know... Uh, certainly racist and Flint's because Flint's uh, I don't know if it's I think it is majority black well um, yeah it was just poor trash black and white yeah yeah true but um, oh shit that's right they did that fucking they did a um, police uh, series for Netflix I remember watching that of Flint it was after after the Flint water crisis and how low the the police were out there and shit. Was it? I don't think it was Stadies. Man, that was uh, that was odd. Yeah, what an um, embarrassing thing to happen in America. Yeah. Well, and then the blame gets thrown around and shit, and you know, yeah. Well, and for Flint, was it Flint? No, it was Detroit in the. That, so it's kind of interesting because it was Detroit. It was having to do with water, but it was our water bills. 
And from what I understand, that shit's still kind of going on today, kind of lingered, um, that people couldn't pay their water bills. And there was the threat of turning off their water, and the United Nations had said that they were about to step in. So I wonder if there's going to be a United Nations thing for um, Jackson, Mississippi, if that's the case. I mean, I know you just said that Biden is going to basically take all all of our money and use it <laughs> towards that, um, whether you whether you want to or not. Um, he's gonna he's gonna pay for it all. But um, man, I wonder yeah. if that was ever and it won't uh, happen overnight. Yeah, no, you gotta. The government doesn't move quickly. Insane. What's so funny is that, like, oftentimes when there's like a, a catastrophe like that or um, Hurricane Katrina or whatever it may be, so much of that the government depends on charity. Which, when it comes to you know, like the the argument of well, if you don't have government that's going to take care of these people, then what's going to happen? And it's like. Every time that there's something like this that does happen, you do have charitable people that show up. 9-11, you know, that wasn't just the government. That wasn't just FEMA that was cleaning that up. That was people from all over the country were coming in to to donate their charity, their, their labor, their work to help find people. You know, same with Katrina. Same with a lot of natural disasters. You had also, and you even had like private private electricians and carpenters and shit that were going down there. Uh, so the private sector that was going to going down there to work for these people and help rebuild their homes and, and shit like that. You had a lot of private people, private sector people, um, giving their charity. So it wasn't just like a welfare thing where like the government was stepping in to fix whatever. It was like there's a ton of people that were going down there out of their own desire to help their fellow man. You know, so if that can give you a little bit of uh, hope that you know there is still a lot of uh, charitable people out there that will take care of one another. Oh yeah. You know. Um. To uh, kind of finish about uh, this speech thing, um, I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, Peter Ducey. Ducey. Why do I always fuck up this guy's name? He was with Jean-Pierre and um, the rest of the press corps. And uh, he brought up, because, you know, so much of this has to do with uh, uh, Biden and in in his administration, the Democrats, giving us shit who believed that the, the um, election was stolen. And Peter Ducey brought up to her and said, uh, well, in 2016, you had a tweet about how the election was stolen. <laughs> and her answer was so piss poor. She was like, yeah, but that was then. It's basically what she was saying. That was then and this is now. And we're going to focus on now. It's like, you can't even fucking... Um, I, she even at one point said something to the effect of, I knew you were going to ask me that. And he missed his... I mean, he did great in questioning her. I mean, he, he and he does do really good. I mean, he's kind of it's he's he's come out of nowhere to be like the the shining light of these press conferences of the one person that's going to ask some tough questions to these people, and he gets it out and he fucking stumps her all the time. She's stupid, 
But he, I felt like he kind of missed a moment where she, when she said, I knew you were going to ask me that, that he could have responded by saying, well, then you should have an answer. Because she didn't give an answer. Right. You know, that's what she does. Or at least say, you, are you cool with being a hypocrite? Right. And um, and he wasn't, he, I mean, he, he pushes, he, he throws those questions out there, asks her the hard questions. Sometimes, you know, there's, or not sometimes, plenty of times you'll have pushback. But, man, he could have been bullish, you know. Like you just said, he could have said some shit <laughs> and really put her back on her heels. Um, but they tend, he tends to uh, – and, and, I mean, that's his thing, and he, and he does really well by it. But, you know, he tends to kind of let them hang themselves with their own rope. I mean, there's a big thing to be said about, you know, in, in any kind of uh, a confrontation or, or um, even like a uh, – um, a time where you're trying to posture with somebody about a deal or something, you know, a negotiation where like silence is, you know, a pretty strong thing. The first person to, to say a number loses, you know, and he kind of approaches it from that standpoint too. And he, and I think he does a pretty good job of it, you know, um, but it was so telling, you know, and, and such a good find too, to see that, there is such a hypocritical thing that's out there that you can find that the the Biden administration has done when they're claiming that anybody who questions the the um, election is somehow some way this extremist that's against um, that's against uh, free and fair elections, you know, um, yeah. But, anywho, ridiculous, very ridiculous. You know, um, but it's it's and it's becoming more and more obvious that you know they're they're doing these things. They're being this hypocritical, and people are catching on. You know, um, and again, another hopeful thing to have is that people. And, and this was kind of something that I was telling my wife. You know, there's plenty of good people out there. You know, you just have a small minority that's in charge of a lot of things. And I mean, when we say small minority amongst 400 million people, you know, you're talking about still millions of people. So, but, you know, just like with negative memories, you're, it's easier to remember negative memories or, or carry on with negative feelings or a negative attitude. It's just easier, you know, than to be, than to be positive. And, um, you know, just trying to, <clears throat> at least for my wife, was just trying to help her to see that you know that that small minority might might out shout or I don't, I don't want to say outshine, but highlight themselves more than the the positive people that are out there. But you know, I think still we have uh, the silent majority of people are are you know the more positive people that are. Or, or um, that can get somebody like Trump or DeSantis or or somebody else in. You know, you just yeah. got to wake up the right people. There is a I think third that, of people who aren't involved in this game because they tell us these numbers, and that's just one third <laughs> and one third. They keep saying it's half of America, but there's another, the third that don't do anything, that don't vote, don't ever vote. Yeah. 
Sure is. I still know people. I know shit. Fuck. I know some uh, Republicans who don't vote. You know, and there is something to be said about what you know, putting out propaganda like that. That you know, you are you have half you know eighty one million votes, and you keep repeating it and repeating it. It will tend to scare people into thinking that you're right. And what what's the point if I get out there and do it? You know, that does influence people to that. Yeah, how many times did you hear 75 million people in the last couple of days after that speech? Right. Everybody yeah. talking about it said 75 million people. Yeah. And that's, uh, uh, oh, dude, uh, um, did you see the, there was uh, Biden and Trump both held rallies the other day, and I think over in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and go ahead. Trump was in Scranton, and I believe that's where O. Biden was born. Something like that. Yeah, he brags about being from Scranton. Oh, it's a working class town. So that's you know. That's I, I saw the crowd at Scranton, and there was a lot of Trump people there. Yeah, so Trump had like thousands upon thousands and he's always had the problem the good problem of trying to find seating for them because if they can't get in you'll see thousands of people outside of the uh, the building you know just hanging almost tailgating I mean these are like fucking college football events when you go to a Trump yeah rally. all the people I saw wasn't going in any building right you know, they like to be among ones, you know, among one another, and and sit, and it's a, it's like a real experience. You know, this is one of the, again one of the things that Trump does bring to the table. It is a real experience going to one of his rallies when people get in are able to get inside. You know, they they go back and they because he's something more. Um, he matters more, I think, in terms of being a politician and what he has been able to influence on people. To a degree, you know, like I've said, we didn't. Trump being in there isn't something to be worshipped. You know, Trump came along and it made you remember that this is what you stood for. You know, Trump was really good at that. You know, bringing that back out in people. Right. And so, you know, in in those terms, he's far more important to go see than a fucking football game. You know, because a football game isn't going to matter next year. Where Trump. And what he, what him and, and his people at his rallies do is that that's something that's going to have an effect, a lasting effect throughout history. You know, so it's it, for a lot of people that go to these things and they step inside and then they see them. You know, it's like a life. I want to say a life changing event, but it's something that they'll tell their grandkids. Oh yeah, I got to see Trump up here, and you know, at this time, and you know, whatever it may be. You know, it's a real for a lot of Americans, man. It's 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 something to them. So you know, and it, I I would say it would be cool to meet the guy. You know, I'd love to pick his brain about some shit and ask him some questions about some things. Like fucking man, why didn't you get out of Yemen? You know, <laughs> like how much were they really telling you from the fucking whatever? You know, did you know that these people were uh, were uh, um, swamp people? You know, when you hired them. And when you yeah. found out, did you do that? When you kicked him out, or whatever it may be, you know. How could he not know, though? I don't know, man. Was he you know, just I, trying he, to bridge? 
the politics, maybe. I don't know, but why he put so many? Well, I think it's a, you know, as much as I don't like to make a, um, a appeal to authority in a lot of ways, when you're in that position, you've never been a politician. You get in, yeah, you've been the leader of some pretty successful um, endeavors, but this is the presidency. These are these are decisions that you're going to make that are going to affect people's lives. You know, whether it's it's war, or, you know, getting out of war, and the people that end up getting killed, just like in Afghanistan. Um, you know, when that's the case, sometimes you you kind of give in and go, all right. You know who who's who's has a history of being in this position that that'll help make good choices. Um, you know, if I'm gonna try and and be adherent to the truth, I think that that is probably a big portion of what happened with Trump. Okay, you know? I could see it like uh, he let's you know let's say doesn't assume like I do or know who those people actually were. You know, he's got a lot of other things. I got time to look at different people in the in their house and whatnot. And he might not actually have that. Trump might just be one of those people that don't like to vote. Yeah, could be. You know what I'm saying? He could have been one of those guys. I don't know. Not really. I assume he's smart, but then again, I'm like, not everybody's interested in politics, you know, just jumping into the ring as president that's one thing but knowing about everybody's business over the last 30 years might be different I mean when you're at that level outside of of the presidency you know you're running businesses and shit you're busy fuck dude I mean I've got essentially my own business but and I'm busy I mean just like today you know um you know, chock full of shit. Couldn't respond to a whole bunch of people and, you know, friends and shit that uh, I just barely saw messages that they're getting in. Yours, everybody else's. You know, it's like I want to to be able to, to, to you know, carry on my relationship with my friends and stuff. But at the same time, you got, you got a lot of fucking other shit you got to do. You know, I just got done with some projects that I've been trying to finish up. And so and that's just me and my small personal life, let alone a fucking company where you've got employees and you've got big decisions to make. And on top of that, you're wanting to spend time with your family and all that other stuff. And then now you want, you know, and you haven't been paying. Like you said, you haven't been paying attention to all of these other politicians and shit. And so what do you do when you run a successful company? Well, you try to bring in. Um, the yeah, biggest names that you can. They would Go all ahead. look good on paper if that's what you're right. looking at, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what people so, look at when I'm in, sitting in front of them, and they're looking at my paper, and they're like, "All right, this looks good." <laughs> yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a little bit of slack to be given in that re- respect, and not just that, but I think even more in the sense that you know he did have a revolving door, um, which I don't think is a bad thing. You know, he was firing a lot of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he did do that. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not getting the results that I want here. I'm going to run it like a business. You're fired. I got 100,000 other people that will take your spot in an instant. You know, you, I thought you were going to be the best. I don't like the direction you're going. All right, you're out. Bring in the next guy. See what he can do, you know. And uh, I think I think the mainstream, well, I mean, any step he took, 
they were all over it. You know, and I think that was something that they highlighted. Oh, he's got an unstable cabinet, you know. He's got an un- unstable set of uh, people working under him. And, uh, you know, that's somehow a, <clears throat> a net negative for his, his administration. It's like, I don't know, man. You know, it's... It, I feel like it was something that he wanted to try and, and fine point, but you can't you can't tackle all of that, or you can't you can't accomplish it that way, or maybe you can, but maybe it's not the best method with only so much time, right? You only have four years, and that's iffy if you get that next four years. Obviously, it went the way that it did, so. He usually wasn't upset about anything they were saying. Yeah, he, uh, man, he has some thick skin. Maybe, uh... Didn't bother him to call him a name right back either. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And even He's like the the bad break-upper from the Seinfeld. Even with his mean, his quote-unquote mean tweets... I don't remember during his presidency him saying. I mean, I I I know that there was some stuff in there that was callous, but I don't remember it being like too extreme or over the top. You know, he was usually going after whatever politician or you know policy that they're trying to pass or some shit. You know, kind of one on one. Certainly didn't go after. I mean, he did talk some shit about the left, which makes up a portion of of the United States, but it's also the portion of the United States that hates us. He wasn't um, using he foul language. No. And he did go after Democrats, but um, when he went after Democrats, he was going after the Democrat politicians. It was pretty fucking obvious that he was going after them. Whereas in Biden's speech, you know, like I said, they tried to, they tried to, um, they tried to sugarcoat it after his speech and say, oh, no, we're going after the, we were going after the, the seat holders. It's like, no, you weren't. <laughs> you were going half after the fucking voters. After half, half the population. You know, you lying sacks of shit. So that, and that was the stark difference between them and, and what Trump does. And, you know, kind of does seem like they had tried to take a picture, a page out of his book, out of Trump's book, and um, they're just too stupid to to read it before they fucking took it out, you know, to understand it better, how to do it. Yeah, they're so. hateful. Oh man, yeah, Trump they are. was not ever, ever like that. But then again, I wasn't a snowflake, and I know that some of that stuff he said, I had to laugh at, whether I liked <laughs> him or not. I was like, now nah, that's funny, dude. And I just liked it also because it made the snowflakes, you know, pissy. Yeah, that was a, a definite bonus. And, you know, it's so funny because of how many, like, libertarians thought the same thing. They're, you know, they're like, I don't like him. There's a lot of libertarians that don't like Trump. And, uh, but they really enjoyed how much he pissed off the left. And I think most people did that weren't on the left, you know. It was such a, it was such a, a funny thing to see him say something and then lose their fucking mind, <laughs> you know. But I think about the nastiest thing I heard him say was about old Morning Joe's old lady and after her (laughs) face lift and the bloody face. Uh, Now that was funny. 
Yeah, and that was such a direct shot right at her, obviously. Um, but it was like her and Joe, you know, and Joe, whatever his name is, <laughs> got all fucking tried to defend his wife and shit, and Trump's just sitting in the Oval Office giving him the finger. <laughs> like, whatever, dude. Go drink a yeah. cup of alcohol. <laughs> and fucking Joe made that song, whatever that song was on the guitar that he made. It's like, you fucking cringe fest. Um, yeah, and Trump's just sitting back like, fuck you and your wife, you bitch. <laughs> I think 20 years ago I didn't mind him. Yeah. But that was, you know, a long time ago. I didn't sit down and watch much of him, but yeah. when Trump got well, in office, it was off the chart. Yeah, it really was. Um, it was all about you know, ratings. Like, oh, for sure. There's a guy named Viva Frey. He's a Canadian lawyer who's got his own um, YouTube channel. And uh, I thought it was so it was so interesting because I, I was out cutting my yard, had my headphones in, was listening to some shit, and uh, came across his. He talked about um, Sam Harris, the Sam Harris thing that came out. And, man, I didn't think that this guy um, def- would defend Trump the way that he did, uh, this Viva Frey guy. And, man, he just fucking ripped into Sam Harris about, um, you know, the, his statement about uh, Hunter Biden could have had uh, the, the corpses of young kids in his basement and he'd still vote for him. And I mean, holy shit, dude. It's Viva Frey. Uh, if you get a chance, check him out on YouTube. Yeah, I think um, he said think dead babies. Day. Yeah, something like that. It you was dead that. babies. Was it? And I was like, um, all right. You can say that what you so want to say, but then when I started thinking about it, and I looked into him a little bit more since then, and there's quite a, a, a cult um, connection with old dude. Well, yeah, with Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's why he made a character based off of him in my book. He's oh, hell yeah, dude. quite a uh, character, man. He's 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 a fucked up dude. There was you know, and it's funny because Viva Frey brought this up. I if you remember months ago, months ago, um, Sam Harris made this claim that Osama bin Laden was a more honorable person than Trump. If you remember anybody ever saying that, that was Sam Harris. Harris said that shit. Um where and he went into deep detail. He didn't just like accidentally say something and not mean it. He was like, no, he's. Uh, I think his example was Osama bin Laden. Bin Laden would have sacrificed himself for his people, or something that done you know done things in his leadership to benefit his people and defend his people, whereas Trump would only defend himself. And he even said some shit like. A thousand miles in any direction of Trump, you won't find somebody as bad as Trump. And it's like, dude, your fucking Trump derangement syndrome is off the charts. To think that you can't find a single fucking person. Like, Viva Frey even pointed out that Trump lost out on half of his business when he became president because you're taking a political side, you're probably going to have the other side, which at that point, kind of, it's kind of 50-50 in this country. Um, to an effect of who votes what and uh, 
or at least who buys things. And Trump um, had them both. He had both the Democrats and the Republicans loving him, you know, and to run as president, uh, you lose a certain amount of business. And that's what Viva Frey was pointing out. And yet, you know, Sam Harris is sitting over here going, he's the most selfish man that would never, you know, do whatever. And uh, it's like, well, he did give up a whole bunch of money to go fucking be the president, you know, and he didn't need to do that to get the prestige that he had had. You yeah, know, that, that guy was selling baseball caps. Yeah, and sold them pretty fucking good. Is there another hat that's been as popular as the MAGA hat? You think? Um, I don't know. You know, I like baseball caps, but that uh, that trucker cap, I'm no, I can't do that, Trump. Sorry, dude. <laughs> no. I always wanted to get like, a good one, you know. But now that it's like at the fucking level it's at, I'd still like to get one if I could find a good fitted one. I got a a, a t-shirt. I got it sitting in a box with a camera I'm supposed to send out to Washington for a buddy of mine. I know he'd wear it proudly just to piss him off because there's a lot of liberals around there. Oh, yeah. You know, I was like, dude, I could wear it around here and get thumbs up. I was like, but... uh yeah. I just like to see you get looked at funny. That's all. <laughs> and he's like, send it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's all in on Trump now. He don't. He don't like it. Sometimes, hear me <laughs> harass him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, man. You know, it's it, listen. You got to hear the. You got to hear the critiques too. It can't just be a full fledged. You know. I mean, we're all human. We all fuck up. I would, uh, I would hope that if I were ever in some kind of position like that, that you know, people would keep my feet to the fire. Yeah, and my mind changes. You know, I might see something hmm. later that I go, oh, you know what? Maybe I was wrong. Yeah, like I doubt know. that. Like with Sam Harris, you know, I believe, even though we hear him say that, and he's labeled Trump derangement. I don't know if he really cares at all other than just saying the words that he is saying is his goal. I don't believe he truly believes what he's saying because, you know, he's not a stupid person. Yeah, that's a good point. That is. um, Maybe he's just almost trying to trick himself, maybe, to a degree. no, not trick himself, but trick people who listen to him. In that um, interview that he did, and he said a lot of things, but he talked about the George Floyd thing, and he talked about the thousands of people that took to the streets because they thought that this went on thousands of times every day, and they were tired of it, and that was good. He liked all those people believing that, but we, he's like, and he's like, pointed at the guys that were interviewing him, going, and you know, and I know, there's probably only been, you know, less than two handfuls of people killed, and actually a lot more white people. He's like, but this is what those people believed. So they put people up to making it sound like that. The the media. Like, yeah, they could have told the truth, 
but they made it sound now i'm not trying to take away from dude getting killed you know and that's a bad thing but you know he was a pos so sure i don't have a i'm not gonna lose sleep over it but yeah honestly i believe in america though he should have had his time in court yeah yeah, and you know, there's the it, with the more information that came out too. You know, it felt it, you could you could analyze it a little bit more rather than just seeing it for you know the video that we all saw in the beginning. And I think, man, there's so, such a great opportunity for people to to really come together at that point. And even before the information came out, which was on purpose, um, you had a faction of our populace that decided that they were going to take it in a in a uh, their own direction instead of coming together you know and then everything happened after that but like you said you know yeah i can see that too with uh sam harris where no that guy's a scumbag he's saying it for the followers if i was in front of him i would bait him in to punch me in the face Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. And you know what? That guy probably could. But then again, he might not really care. He's a Hollywood kid. Yeah, his uh, mom created uh, Golden Girls. And soap. Really? Yeah. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. if you've watched soap, have you seen all the craziness in that show? It's interesting. Yeah, wasn't his parents involved in some socialist bullshit too? Um, or anti—they were both like producers of movies and things like yeah. that. Um, Maybe I'm watching another kid that I heard of recently, whose parents were like they were the Jews in Hollywood that were making Christmas movies, and that was like their thing. <clears throat> I just heard about that um, again. Uh, well, I John Todd talks about. Um, oh yeah, John Todd, dude! Nice, nice fucking name drop, dude. Yes, John Todd. He talks God, about I... the setting up uh, Christian music, Christian yep. movies, and yep. being Satanist, producing them. Man. That that story that's so funny because like John Todd is like the the embodiment, the human embodiment of the protocols because of how how they treated him. Like it is as soon as like it started going around, that was in the early days of conspiracy research um, <clears throat> content that was out there he was he was kind of bouncing around and and that's when like before the fact checkers with fact checkers people were coming out to say especially on like um if you looked up wikipedia his wikipedia page uh that he was a um that he wasn't real or he was a fraudster snake oil salesman or some crazy shit you know just like they do with the protocols and yet he would go out to a whole bunch of different um uh, churches and give these speeches about the Illuminati and everything that he, <clears throat> excuse me, everything he was talking about. Um, this was back what in the seventies? Yeah, I want to say something like uh, 
Because uh, he was yeah, talking he about the crap hitting a fan in 80. But he also talked about, you know, different things and players and there are things that could change it, but this was also their goal. He was, like, doing things uh, way ahead of other people. Oh, for sure. I th- Man, I think he was, like, right before Bill Cooper. So, and he was talk. He's talking about all the shit that Bill Cooper, Alex Jones, David Ike, Mark Dice, Aaron Russo, all those guys were talking about. But he was doing this back in the seventies. Yeah, and he was going driving himself with a in a car with a uh, trunk full of uh, cassette tapes and yeah. driving around to churches and speaking in front of them. And he was talking yeah. about you know uh, the Illuminati. Yeah. The, oh, straight uh, up. The uh, yeah. world. Um, uh, what the 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 banking? What is it? Something that you talk about all the time. Rothschilds. Um, he was talking about really every good. bit of it yeah. and going into like great detail. Oh yeah. So this like idea of him being some kind of fraudster that doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like, dude, everything that he had talked about. Any, anybody who's listening right now, look up John J O H N Todd T O D D. Yeah, and, sometimes and his last name is Collins. Yeah, that's right. He had they there's they, something about they him. trace him all the way back to the beginning of the families and the witch trials his families were in charge of. Yeah, there's that's a is a very interesting. Yeah, like he he be, was in born into witchcraft. And uh, was like several generations of it, and was definitely against Jesus. He's like when, uh, you know, when these kids were reading the New Testament at ten, I was reading uh, uh, C.S. Lewis. You know, when they were reading this, I was reading J.R.R. Tolkien, and he started talking about how bad they were. With C.S. Lewis? Yeah. The Christian And he's like, and they'll tell you, they'll probably sell his books in your bookstore here. He's like, but it's bad. You need to get rid of it. He's like, that's hmm. what that's what all of us witches read when we're 10. And I'm like, uh, wow, because I know a lot of people are say he's, you know, the best Christian writer ever. Yeah. Until me. <laughs> So, well, so theoretically, it could just be you. No, no, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Because he's out of the picture if he is, John Todd is correct. Yeah, it's... uh, Yeah, he said some really crazy stuff. I mean, good stuff, but, I mean, he was just, like you said, he was out there talking about it. And, I mean, when you hear this guy talk about all the things that, you know, he talked about... um, yeah. He he would talk a lot like uh, like uh, Doctor Kent Hovind, like just so certain of the thing. Like you can hear the genuineness in his voice and the the boldness and in, in the things that he was saying. And he was talking so effortlessly about it, not like somebody who's trying to manufacture a lie as they're going along and trying to piece these pieces together that they don't believe in. It's like when you listen to him, it's like listening to somebody actually tell you about. 
not only their experiences, but, you know, the plans and stuff like that. So, um, a very, very interesting, um, character, not character, but, but yeah, he, uh, he came to, uh, God, some, yeah. uh, some preacher man knocked on his door every day and, uh, said, uh, you know, John Todd said, you know, I, I hate Christ. I don't know why you keep coming here. Well, why you keep coming here? And he's like, because, you know. Anyway, he said that preacher came by his door every day and for almost a year, like 364 days times he came by and 364 times he said, I hate Jesus. And then the next time he showed up, he changed his whole life. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I'm going to have to listen to him again. I haven't listened to him in a long time. It might help with my uh, research I'm doing on the um, Council on Foreign Relations. And trilateral. Yeah, he talked about the Council of Foreign Relations back then. Yeah. And it, I mean, that shit goes all the way back to League of Nations, you know, which ended up becoming um, United Nations. And then all the shit that came out from that. So, Well, I listened a to of, a lot of. Uh, I wanted to debunk him. Like, I got into John Todd in, like, say, 2004. Oh, I got you. And I wanted to debunk him. There are some things out there, but as far as, like, debunking him, you know, you can't prove some of the things he says are lies or that, you know, anything is a lies. You can insinuate or infer, but it's like, you know, in a court of law, like, actual show me the numbers no right yeah well it is late and I need to get some rest my good friend so uh, let's do this again you good um, yeah you good I'm great excellent you want to plug yourself yeah uh, if you want to get a hold of me Nuclear Knucklehead at yahoo.com and the French Radio Network.com. French Radio Network.com. Boom. You can get a hold of me at uh, metv1105 at gmail.com. Go to the website, get the first chapter before I make it not free anymore, which I've been rattling around in my head. Um, I think it did say I'd always have it as free. I'll have to come back and think about that. But anyway, uh, go to the website, uh, theweaponbook.com, and you can find me on any social networking platform with the exception of TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter permanently until I get my account back, if I do. <laughs> All right, buddy. I will talk to you soon. Until next time, be accountable, be responsible, don't be a bitch-ass liberal.